Jeremiah chapter 30 verse 1 The word that hath been unto Jeremiah from Jehovah, saying, 2. Thus spake Jehovah, God of Israel, saying, Write for thee all the words that I have spoken unto thee on a book. The Lord is now instructing Jeremiah to write down what the Lord tells him, and what he wrote down is in the Bible today. 3. For lo, days are coming, an affirmation of Jehovah, and I have turned back to the captivity of my people Israel and Judah, said Jehovah, and I have caused them to turn back unto the land that I gave to their fathers, and they do possess it. The Lord again promises that one day the exiles of Jerusalem will be brought back home. 4. And these are the words that Jehovah hath spoken concerning Israel and concerning Judah. All of the twelve tribes are Israel, but they split in two. Ten of the tribes decided to have their own king against the Lord's will, and then the tribe of Judah and the Levites stayed with the king of Judah. So Judah became its own kingdom. This prophecy relates not only to Jeremiah's time after the 70 years of Babylonian oppression, but it also relates to 1948 when the Israelites came home to their nation-state, and it also relates to the millennial reign of Christ in the future when Jesus will reign on earth for a thousand years, and during that time his people will also come home. 5. Surely thus, said Jehovah, a voice of trembling we have heard, fear, and there is no peace. When the Babylonians came for the third time to Jerusalem, they totally destroyed it, and there wouldn't be peace there again for seventy years. 6. Ask, I pray you, and see, is a male bringing forth? Wherefore have I seen every man his hands on his loins, as a travailing woman, and all faces have been turned to paleness. This is a metaphor, and it's also an insult. The Lord says to the Israelites, Do men have babies? And we know that they don't. But he says, Why are all the men acting like they're in labor? Meaning that they have no power to fight the Babylonians, just as a woman in labor would have no power to prevent her baby from coming out. 7. Woe, for great is that day, without any like it, yea, a time of adversity, it is to Jacob, yet out of it he is saved. There will be a remnant of the Israelites that are saved, it's those who will repent. In the great tribulation, even after the Lord has come and taken his church up to be with him in heaven, there will still be time for other people to repent after that and during the Great Tribulation there will be a remnant of people who repent. And also during Jeremiah's time, there was a small number of people who repented when the Babylonians came. 8. And it hath come to pass, in that day, an affirmation of Jehovah of hosts, I break his yoke from off thy neck, and thy bands I draw away, and lay no more service on him, do strangers. This says that at the right time, the Lord will release his people 
from Babylon, and they won't have to be slaves in Babylon anymore. 9. And they have served Jehovah their God, and David their king, whom I raise up to them. Now King David had already lived and died, so it isn't talking about the actual King David. It's talking about the Son of David to come, who is Jesus Christ. This is talking about the millennial reign of Christ. And it's also saying that after a time when Israel is reestablished, the Christ will come. Because King David lived long before Jeremiah lived. 10. And thou be not afraid, my servant Jacob, an affirmation of Jehovah, nor be affrighted, O Israel, for lo, I am saving thee from afar, and thy seed from the land of their captivity. And Jacob hath turned back, and rested, and is quiet, and there is none troubling. Jacob is another name for Israel, and he says that he is going to save Israel in the future. He's going to bring them back home, and they will rest from war, for a time anyway. Near the time of Jesus, Israel was at peace. Although they were under the thumbnail of the Romans, they didn't have to fight to establish themselves as a nation. This also refers to salvation in general, because when we go into a life of sin, we get spiritually scattered out amongst all of the gods that we worship, which could include drinking, fornicating, sports heroes, whatever. But when we get saved, the Lord brings us back into his fold, and we become his children again. 11. For with thee am I an affirmation of Jehovah, to save thee, for I make an end of all nations, whither I have scattered thee. Only of thee I do not make an end, and I have chastised thee in judgment, and do not entirely acquit thee. The Lord says, I am going to save you from all of the pagan nations that I sent you to. I am going to eventually destroy those nations, and then you'll come back home. But I won't forgive you 100%. There are some things that you still won't be forgiven of. And I believe it's because when they did come back, and Jesus was born later, they did not receive him as their Messiah. And you can't be forgiven if you don't worship Jesus as Lord and God, which the Israelites as a whole still aren't doing. 13. There is none judging thy cause to bind up. Healing medicines there are none for thee. The Lord says, you can't heal without forgiveness. There's no way that you can get through this without me. 14. All loving thee have forgotten thee. Thee they do not seek, for with a stroke of an enemy I smote thee, the chastisement of a fierce one, because of the abundance of thy iniquity, mighty have been thy sins. The Lord says, Your friends who you committed idol worship with, these pagan nations are going to turn their backs on you, and they won't help you when you have trouble. And this is part of your punishment because your sins are so great. When we live in willful sin, we don't have really good friends, and as soon as we need help, they abandon us. What they call help is just leading us back into sin, like offering us a cigarette or something like that, but they don't really help us. 
15. What thou criest concerning thy breach, incurable is thy pain, because of the abundance of thy iniquity. Mighty have been thy sins, I have done these to thee. Iniquity is another word for sin. And the Lord says, Why are you complaining about your pain? You brought it on yourself because of your sin. The pain from sin is incurable. The only way to eliminate that pain from our lives is to eliminate the sin that brings it on. We have to repent in order to be healed. 16. Therefore, all consuming thee are consumed, and all thine adversaries, all of them, into captivity do go, and thy spoilers have been for a spoil, and all thy plunderers I give up to plunder. Again he says, eventually those who tormented you and made you slaves, they will get tormented and they will get destroyed. The Lord will allow us to feel the consequences of our sin, but after we repent, he restores our lives and anyone who harmed us when we were sinning, he will deal with them as well in his own way. There will be justice. We don't always see justice with our own eyes, but it definitely happens, both on earth and on judgment day. 17. For I increase health to thee, and from thy strokes I do heal thee, an affirmation of Jehovah. For outcast they have called to thee, Zion it is, there is none seeking for her. The Lord says the pagan nations will make fun of you and call you outcasts, but because of that I am going to heal you and give you health. The health that we get from the Lord is mainly spiritual, but that affects our emotional health, our psychological health, and our physical health. We get our right mind and we get a softened, tender heart. And that's the initial healing. 18. Thus said Jehovah, Lo, I turn back to the captivity of the tents of Jacob, and his dwelling places I pity, and the city hath been built on its heap, and the palace according to its ordinance remaineth. The Lord says the palace won't be totally destroyed, but the temple will, and the city will. But I am going to cause the city and the temple to be rebuilt. This will happen during King Cyrus's time, who is king of Persia. He will allow the Jews to go back home and rebuild Jerusalem and their temple. And that will be the second temple. The first temple was the temple that Solomon built, and that's the one that is about to get destroyed. 19. And gone forth from them hath thanksgiving, and the voice of playful ones, and I have multiplied them, and they are not few, and made them honorable, and they are not small. The Lord says when he brings his people back home after the oppression of Babylon is over, they will actually prosper at home, and they will have laughter and good times. They'll be happy again, and they will multiply and gain strength. 20. And his sons have been as aforetime, and his company before me is established, and I have seen after all his oppressors. Sometimes Israel is referred to as a virgin daughter, and sometimes it's referred to as a son, Jacob. When the Lord is talking about Israel as his son, metaphorically, he uses the name Jacob, 
But when he's talking about Israel as his daughter, metaphorically, he uses the word Israel. It says here that Israel will be reestablished as a nation, and the Lord will bring justice against its oppressors, the other pagan nations. In one of the past chapters, he had named the pagan nations that he was going to punish in the future. 21. And his honorable one hath been of himself, and his ruler from his midst goeth forth, and I have caused him to draw near, and he hath drawn nigh unto me. For who is he who hath pledged his heart to draw nigh unto me, an affirmation of Jehovah? When Israel is established, there will be a ruler who is actually an Israelite, who is one of their own, and he will govern over them. One of the names of Jesus in the Bible is Governor because he does govern over his people. This verse is talking about the Messiah, because there was no earthly king after Zedekiah who reigned. The only king who ever came after Zedekiah was King Jesus, who was acknowledged as king even when he was on the cross dying. He is our eternal king, and he is coming in the millennial reign. This is talking about Jesus bringing salvation to Israel, and it's also talking about his thousand-year millennial reign. The Lord says, Who has pledged his heart to me? If we pledge our hearts to the one true God, we also have to pledge to his Son, because they are one, and the Son is the only way to the Father. So in this verse that's talking about the governor, which is the Messiah, it's also saying that those who are under the Messiah have pledged their hearts to the Lord. 22. And ye have been to me for a people, and I am to you for God. Now he's also described himself as father, even though he didn't use that word, because he called Jacob his son. So the father is who they pledge their hearts to, as they are governed by the Messiah, who is the son. 23. Lo, a whirlwind of Jehovah, Fury hath gone forth, a cutting whirlwind, on the head of the wicked it stayeth. This metaphor that when somebody practices willful sin, they have a tornado over their head, which is the wrath of the Lord that's resting on them. Is your life a tornado of chaos and destruction? Then you may have one of those tornadoes from the Lord on your head. Repent and be saved. 24. The fierceness of the anger of Jehovah doth not turn back till his doing, yea, till his establishing the devices of his heart. In the latter end of the days we consider it. The latter end is the end times. Jesus will come and take his saints up in the sky, those who are already following him. And then there will be a great tribulation in which a small remnant of people will get saved during that time as well. And that will also be when the two witnesses come, who are the two final prophets that prophesy to the world that it must repent. Then Jesus will come in very great wrath and slaughter many, many people who refuse to repent. And then he will set up his thousand-year millennial kingdom in which there is no war. 
Then there will be Armageddon, because the nations will gather against Jerusalem, and the Lord will send fire from heaven down on those gathering armies before they even have a chance to fight. And immediately after that, we all go to stand before Christ, and we are judged. And that concludes Jeremiah chapter 30.